0: Welcome back to episode 54 of the Back Pocket Banner podcast. Our guest for today played 39 games of AFL for the D's, and you may have seen him on your TV in the past in different acting roles. We welcome Jay Kennedy Harris. Thanks for joining us, Jay.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, guys. So easy.
0: So, um, I guess, firstly, could you take us back a bit? Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and, uh, I guess, some of your early days, not only sport, but just sort of up, up through the ranks um, and, yeah, your background, I guess.
1: Um, yeah, so I guess um, my nationality, my background is uh, I'm Aboriginal, so obviously um, strong heritage, um, growing in Australian culture, and uh, I grew up in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, in Dever Hills, uh, grew up with mum and my sister mostly, um, and I sort of went to school there, played my junior footy there um, until I got to about 30, and I took a scholarship to come move to the Big Smoke not that Endeavour Hills is far from the big smoke, but um, moved to Trinity and went to school there. And, um, you know, between school and footy, that was about all I did for, uh, for a little while until I got drafted. Um, so, yeah, a fair bit happened in between there, but that was sort of the general gist of where I grew up.
2: So what were your interests and in sports sort of that you played uh, when you were growing up? Was footy the big passion or you played a lot of other sports like young fellas tend to do? <laughs> um,
1: Footy was probably the main one for me I like I, soccer i didn't mind playing I, I liked playing basketball at, um, at school, but then obviously everyone got tall and, and i didn't so yeah, because, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to give up on that one. Um, wasn't much of a cricketer, so I left that one just to the schoolyard as well and backyard cricket so yeah, it was mainly just footy um, and then I you know, it was big S in the support as a kid, so um. Had a lot of saw a lot of you know Scotty Lucas and Matty Lloyd those days oh, James sure. yeah so I, yeah I really loved my footy and I, um you know once you under tens uh, under elevens you you know you might get a medal at the end of the season um, start to think you're pretty good until you, you just sort of hone in on one sport and that was that was sort of my go so I worked out I was alright footy and I just stuck with it.
0: Yeah, yeah no sure yeah. I guess the way you sort of got involved obviously it's it's been documented Luke McDonald mate of yours as well sort of got you first down down to the club and, and involved how big influenced did, uh, him firstly you know because you probably had a kick around in the yard with him and and stuff at school and also his family you know have in getting you into footy sort of and, and playing at the club
1: yeah they've been, um they were, they were definitely massive to me I uh, like I said I, I started off playing footy down in Debbie Hills and thought I was going all right and then um, I moved up to Trinity, and I met, that's where I met Luke. We were the same year at school. Yeah. Um, and he was pretty quick to try and get me to come down and play the Q comments with him. Um, and I was like, oh, mate, I'm a board. I've, like, I've got no way of getting the training or anything like that. And he's like, oh, that's fine. Um, like, obviously, I hadn't even asked his mum and dad yet. But he's like, <laughs> yeah, my mum and dad, they'll tell you everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was good. And like, obviously, at that stage, Luke was... He was a bit of a man-child. Like, I don't think he's grown since he was 13. So, he had a beard <laughs> and everything back then. Um, <laughs> Pretty like, developed. Yeah, he was very developed. He was our ruckman one year. And then the next year, he was our centre-half back. And then he was a half back. And then he was a midfielder. Everyone just sort of slowly caught up to him. So, he started as <laughs> the tall player and worked his way down to a midfielder. Slowly went back. Uh, yeah. Was- and then, uh, yeah, family was great. Like, I used to stay with them most weekends. Um, they take, took me to all my footy games. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then I got to hang around the North Melbourne Footy Club a fair bit because of Donald, and um, still to this day, I keep in touch with, with those guys, and Donald and I play at the same golf club, so I still see them a fair bit. Um, so, yeah, they were massive. They you know like a second family for me.
0: Yeah, and I guess in your younger days in the footy, where, where was your favourite position? Where did you play You know, um, before you moved to Trinity when you went to um, play alongside Luke as, as well?
1: Uh I always was more of a like a forward. I liked playing in the midfield. and sort just it just depended what team I was in, which one I'd play in. But uh mostly at Q I played as a as a forward. Um then, you know, we had Jack Billings and Luke McDonald who were, they were more midfielders and I decided I wanted to be part of the, the trio in the middle, so I started playing a bit more there. Um but yeah, I've never really had a, it's a hard and fast preference to, you know, a midfielder or a winger or a forward I think they've all got their perks to them, you know. Yeah. It's a, if it's a bit wet, uh, the wing's no fun, but and then if you're getting smashed, the forward's no fun, so yeah. <laughs>
0: they've all got their perks, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm I've, I've a bit of a foreign, uh, foreigner to the forward area, I'm more of a pocket of myself, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's chip along yeah. But um, now nah, Connor himself, he loved a few snags back in the day, yeah, he still used does. To, used so to love pretty, pretty hungry little I
2: used, man, oh, I used to be, yeah, <laughs> pretty hungry, just. Pin me to the inside the fifty, the forward fifty, but <laughs> twenty. After after a while, I didn't. I uh, it's still good kicking goals and stuff, but I actually quite liked. Yeah, playing like, playing like playing like half back and areas like that, and just like setting it up a bit more. As as you, as you mature, I guess you don't. You become a bit more less me me. Yeah, a more bit, more, bit more team. I, I suppose. Yeah, I was probably a bit selfish yeah. early on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go.
2: You first got involved in film back in two thousand and nine, and you featured in the Australian film uh, Blessed Neighbours and also a season of Dead Gorgeous. There, what made you get involved in acting, and how did you enjoy that that challenge and that sort of role? I guess
1: it was um, it was definitely sort of left of centre. I didn't ever grow up thinking I wanted to be an actor, but My sister wanted to do it, and um, Mum had, Shenny had the two, she was looking after the two of us. So, if one of us had to go somewhere, you know, we all had to go somewhere. So, I got dragged along to like this casting thing. Um, And then, Mum, or they asked Mum, oh, can we take some photos of Jade just in case? And I was like, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. So, they took (laughs) some photos, and then, yeah, lo and behold, I sort of got um, that first audition for Blessed. um, And that's where, yeah, got my first gig there. Um, didn't have to talk in that one, so that made things easy. So I didn't have to pull out too many skills, and and then I did some other things. But like overall, I was just, like I wasn't very good. Like I, I definitely know I wasn't very. I have no idea how I got how I kept getting jobs, but um, it was good pocket money for a teenage kid, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, no, you must have done alright, and it would have been, it would have been maybe it would have been uncomfortable at first, but just just sort of fun, and you weren't too too fast with it all, just. Just a bit, fun, a bit of fun.
1: Yeah. Well, the um the one beauty of it is like obviously, because it's the camera, there's not too many people there, so it's not as nerve wracking. And you can like you stuff it up, you just go over and over again. But the um the real hard stuff would obviously be getting out on a stage. Like that would be a genuine nightmare for me, I reckon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, um, the camera's not too bad. No stuff, the uh, stuff uh, there. Uh, no, I remember Connor and I back in the day watching a bit of Dead Gorgeous uh, back in the day. Yeah, and, uh, and,
2: uh, I, <laughs> I was a big, big fan of that. Yeah, played uh, Charlie, I think it was in in that one. But yeah, I I got around that show and really enjoyed it. And you're also on that um one of those ads, like uh, it might have been youth safety or. With the police? Yeah. You yeah, and, was, yeah. Through that, that yeah, uh, sort T- of tunnel. Yeah. What's that one? Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The PSO. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's for the protective services officer. But that sort of stepped down from the police. The, um, the funny part of it was the, so I did it. I finished school one year early. So I started to go to uni before I could get drafted. And I, um, went, I stayed on campus at uni and had all these people who I Kept saying, I swear we've met before. Like, do you have a brother or something? And I was like, Nah. <laughs> My brother was nothing like Like he wouldn't and know. It. A
0: big screen. And then oh.
1: um, eventually where, yeah, they were out that was watching me on the TV. Every couple of like ad breaks, this PSO ad was coming on. They're like, "Oh, <laughs> it's <What? "That's> you." <laughs>
0: That's legendary. Uh, cool of, of within the mates, yeah,
1: and the um, obviously, yeah, the mates loved it. And then obviously when I got to the footy club, the um, the boys absolutely lapped that one up. They've go and put highlights of it every now and then for the fine <laughs> system. I think I got <laughs> find pretty consistently for a couple of years there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not bad from Big going. no one else. But um and I guess how to sort of did it just sort of slowly stop off, I guess, as you probably got more in, into the footy and, and got a bit older.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I probably said uh, dead I did get gorgeous when I was about I would have been year nine or ten. And like year nine mm-hmm, and ten yeah. is a bit of a sort of a like mixture of the year. You can get away with not doing a whole heap. So yeah. that wasn't too bad. And then year eleven and twelve like, um between you know, playing a lot of footy and then um, trying to do BCA. I just didn't do any jobs. Yeah. And then I did that one PSO ad, and that sort of gave me enough pocket money to get through that year of uni. So, um, yeah, I was. It was never like a big passion. I obviously really enjoyed it. Like I was met some pretty um quirky people and some like really confident people. Something that's different from footy, that's for sure. So I enjoyed that. Um, but I'm not sure if I go back. I'm not sure I'm really cut out for it, to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, if you don't mind me asking what sort of dosh were you pulling in at year 9-10 <laughs> for the acting roles because I mean obviously you being that young you'd probably be you know like you said taking any sort of pocket money but um, those like especially the dead gorgeous one that's you know a full season sort of role it's um, pretty involved in some respects so. yeah it
1: was um, it would have been like a couple of years and, um, overall if I remember um, I'd go when I was not at the boarding house I'd go back home we had like a little granny flat out the back and that was, um, that was, like, mine. I had it, like, full decked out, put my own, like, couch and That's TV right. and TV unit. But then I, um, I remember coming back one semester from uni and it was all gone. I asked mum. And she's like, oh, I sold it. I didn't think you'd want it all. Oh. <laughs> so she... All she, the acting She, well, she in eventually it? on that
2: one. Yeah, a bit of a stitch up.
1: Huh? Yeah. but no, um, I was A cool. bit of a stitch up. Huh?
2: Oh, go.
0: Um and I guess a few years on, you know, in, into your footy career, you played with the Oakley Chargers in a premiership side. Um I guess and those years, how much of a whirlwind were they sort of for you? Obviously, you know, you're yeah, you're running around you're taking it starting to go probably really seriously and, and you've probably got set uh, you know, your ideas and aspirations of what you want to do.
1: Yeah, that was um that, especially that year. That year was awesome. I was um I was bottom age at Oakley, um and I was playing um, who would have been in that? Jack McRae was playing that year. Christian Just was pretty handy then, and Jason Ashby. And then there was obviously a sprinkling, a sprinkling of us younger guys in Billings and McDonald. Um, and that same year at school, we sort of, we went undefeated and won a premiership there. So I got to win two premierships in a year. Haven't won one since. So <laughs> so that's not that year. But it was, yeah, it was awesome. Like you, when you play your first game as an under eighteen. Underage player in the eight ends, you obviously don't know if you're up to the level or not. You always hear, you know, all these great guys a year older than you or two that played at Oakley or, you know, they're at Vic Metro, and you you don't know if you're up to the standard until you get there. So yeah, it was good to play in that, um, and then obviously to be part of the team all the way through to the to play in the grand final. Um, you know, not, there's not many young guys or bottom age players who get to do that, so I was stoked, um, and then. Um, top age year wasn't as successful, but yeah, it was it was pretty awesome winning that bottom age year.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Not Oakley nothing. Chargers considered a bit of a footy factory. I think like Matty Rao and Jamari uh, Jamara Uglehagen and I'm sure plenty others, like Oakley Chargers and sort of Northern Knights and teams like that. And Geelong Falcons, they obviously draft a lot of boys to Geelong. So yeah, it would have been some pretty good teams, I suppose. And players, yeah. Before and after you you had left.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, um, when you get there and there's, you know, there's the players they read out, they've all come through that system. Um, Andrew Gaff was a really big player for him that came through, Luke Shuey. And then obviously there's there's heaps more along the way. Um, But yeah, there's some of those big clubs, you know, you're getting a game there and you're in the the top couple of players, then you're sort of destined to go pretty well. Like you said, Geelong just produce them every year. Um, Sandy Dragons are another big one. Um, and then yeah. Oakley as well. So, you know, I, we had I think in the year that we weren't even that good in my top age year, we didn't make the finals and neither did Sandy and we both had um eight players drafted. So Yeah, right. They just even if the team's not going well, the amount of players that seem to come through is just astonishing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's crazy. Numbers,
2: as you touched on in that top age year, you're captain uh of Oakley Chargers and you also commenced the science degree at uni how big sort of was that for you and how challenging was it to juggle those things leading into the draft because you're obviously thinking that you got to do your obviously uni work but you probably got the mind on on greater things and and footy and as you said before being being captain so you knew you were a good player in that side and had good leadership qualities and that you're destined to play well and be an AFL player, I guess?
1: Yeah, it was... Um, I didn't think too much of it at the time. I just sort of thought, you know, it is what it is. But obviously, my top focus was to to get drafted. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe one or two subjects went to the wayside in my second semester. <laughs> and I, I thought I was looking pretty good to get there. But um, I think in that, because especially because I wasn't living at home either. I was living on campus. Um, a lot of guys that first year out of school were you know they just more having fun than anything else but I was pretty lucky I had some really um good friends like good influences so you know if we if we were going to go do something during the week and I you know, I wasn't going to drink or um you know I wasn't going to come because I had footy they were always like oh no worries oh, that that's um uh, that's fine whereas I can imagine um you know in different circumstances um some people sort of don't get that support or they get dragged down doing something they probably wouldn't want to do ideally um so yeah I was I was uh, I was just very like it sounds like it was impressive but it was probably more I was just lucky to be around good people I was at a good footy club um and yeah it sort of all worked out pretty nicely in the end
0: yeah, and I guess as as the draft sort of approached and and, and you mentioned, what was the sort of um, in interactions with the clubs and and I guess how many and who, what was the sort of um, indications you were getting in the sort of preview and lead up to it?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting part because I would, I think I spoke to uh, maybe 16 of the 18 clubs yeah. um, and yeah, they're all different. Some of them were really relaxed. They just wanted to... I remember um, Geelong were really chilled out. Just asked, like, just wanted to get to know you a bit. Yeah. I remember um, Port Adelaide was a bit more of a grilling. Um, <laughs> I remember Melbourne. I was, like, one of my f- – I had two meetings with Melbourne and I was completely sure they hated me <laughs> or didn't like me. It was, um, but, they, yeah, they ask you – they try and test you out a bit. Like they, I still remember every question with Melbourne was just, um, you know, if we put a ball between you and Jack Billings because, obviously, we'd spent years playing together. Like who's gonna win um who's gonna win the the ball? And I said, Well, you we put it in the air, JB's probably got me, but if we go on the ground, maybe I've got him and they and then I remember Adelaide they asked me whose spot was I gonna take. So it's um it's a bit of an interesting everyone's got good stories from them. but yeah, I remember some of those ones pretty vividly. Um but yeah, it feels weird that you're talking to AFL clubs and um you still you know you're going all right, but it still seems like a bit of a dream to that somehow you're gonna get there.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know how they sort of come up with some of that stuff because like they must have a bloke full time gig just pouring out some questions that are almost unanswerable because there's some like some I've heard of it like are just you know very odd, um, and and the players sort of you know don't know how to respond to them. So
1: yeah, yeah, be, there would be some hilarious ones. I reckon sometimes they just do it just to have a bit of a laugh between themselves when whenever the, the guy leaves the room. But, yeah, there's um, there's always some good ones. I still remember um, the, one of the good stories with everyone probably remembers. Clayton Oliver was a bit tubby when he was 18. Going see, through yeah, the I've
2: seen that sort of draft video with the other the other draftees and they said, oh, this, this boy, he's just eating like pies at the carnival and stuff. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, he
1: yeah, yeah. was, was a big, big boy. But, he, like, even they they went and saw him up at his, I think he was staying with his man at the time. And they uh, they said, to if you can lose t- the 10 skin folds in two weeks, we'll draft you. And somehow I mean, he did it. I have no idea how he lost 10. He must have eaten for like two weeks. He couldn't have. He was.
2: Must have oh. <laughs> Maybe he just stopped
1: in pies for two weeks. But yeah, there's always funny stories like that. People, um, the, the things they ask of players to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, he's done pretty well there and it's worked out alright for him but um I guess on the on draft night um you know what were the emotions and nerves like going into it and then obviously you know as you're sitting there sort of waiting for your, your name to get called out and um and describe you know how you felt and the emotions when you did hear your name at, at pick 40.
1: Um yeah, it was it was an interesting sort of lead up to it. I I uh, actually went to the the Bulldogs the day before the draft, um met with Brendan McCartney and I was um after I left there I was pretty certain I was gonna to go to the Bulldogs. I think they had picked forty one, maybe the very next pick. Yeah. Or maybe right. it was 42. And then uh so I went home after that, all back to the college. Um and then I got a, in the morning I woke up pretty early, obviously pretty sleepless night, and um a manager had <laughs> called me and he he'd actually had a couple of beers with Jace Taylor, who was the um list manager for Melbourne at the time, or the their head recruiter. And he, they'd had a couple of beers together and Jason accidentally let slip that he was going to take me at 39. So the manager, when he got up in the morning, called me, and he said, oh, just so you know, Melbourne are taking you at 39. And like I said, when I had the interview, I thought they didn't like me. So I was so confused. But yeah, yeah. it was sort of, it was still pretty nerve wracking, but I guess it was um, it was kind of nice knowing that I sort of knew I was going to probably one or two clubs at, by that pick. So um, Yeah even though I knew, even, um, even though I did, I was sort of still really nervous on the night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we, were you with the family? Um, obviously when you sort of found out and, and what was that like, obviously, you know, all your mates, um, you're probably at uni and, and, um, yeah, the after the aftermath, I guess, and knowing that you're, yeah, you know, you're gonna be heading to an AFL club and run around with some, um, you know, star players. Uh,
1: yeah, it was, um, it was also, I just went to my brother's house. Um, so I, I've got the whole college. They all had it on the screen, and I was. I didn't want to have to be that there for that. It would've been too nerve wracking. But uh, I went to my brothers and had um, just my my siblings and mum, and then a couple of mates come along as well. Um, And it was good. Like it was good just to sort of soak it up with them. Um, And then I had one of my old coaches. He was working at Melbourne at the time, so he raced around, bought um, bought a polo, got a photo said, welcome to the club. It was pretty surreal. And then uh, then after that, I was like, well, you're only going to get drafted once. So I popped down to the, the Ritz at the time and, um, and soaked it up with a, with a lot of raspberry vodkas. <laughs> it was yeah. a good night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, uh,
0: that's, that's, the, that's the way to do it. And, and I, I guess oh, just imagining for myself, you know, walking into the club, seeing some of the blokes, you know, you've, you've grown up watching on TV. And, and like that sort of first day at the club, I guess, in there, meeting all the boys. Um, what was that sort of like?
1: uh yeah it's it's weird you just it's just strange like you obviously you've got watching all these players play and then all of a sudden um rock up to training got like a bit of an intro um, from the guys and then you know you're out there in the kit doing a warm-up lap with the guys and that's it you from now you you're a melbourne player so you go from you know the night beforehand you just you know joe blow off the street trying to get drafted and then the next day you're and, and you treated exactly the same. Um, but, yeah, it was weird doing the warm-up lap, lap and looking around. You know, there was Jeremy at the time, like, big names at Melbourne. You know, Jeremy Howe. Um, there was Jack Watts, Nathan Jones. Um, Mark Jamo was there. Just, like, recognisable faces like that. Um, and I was just, like, in awe. I was, like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then shortly after, the one of the better ones was... So, James Harms actually grew up as a massive Melbourne supporter... And he got taken in the rookie draft that day. So he came in. He's got the biggest pegs in the world. So he's just walking around with the biggest smile on his face. And then he blinded the whole club, introducing himself to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it was unreal. Yeah,
2: yeah. big chompers big, big on him, but like TJ, Tony Jones, <laughs> the big fella.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's got proper chompers on him. So, yeah, I can imagine that like, even for him, that would have been an even bigger deal that he'd grown up since a baby being a Melbourne supporter.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and you made your debut in round one of that season against the Saints. You come on as a sub, I believe, in that game. How was the experience uh, and the lifting intensity from the preseason games that you played to an official AFL match? And you contributed really well in one of those preseason games. I think kick three against the Tigers. So that was obviously pretty big in you getting selected so early on. But I imagine it was a bit of a shock to play that early. You wouldn't expect it.
1: No, no, I was, um, obviously I, I put a lot of work in that preseason. I was really lucky and I was, didn't have any niggles or injuries. Um, and then, uh, Ruzi said, Oh, I'm going to play in the preseason game. I was like, Oh, you're kidding actually. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you a game. And then obviously played or right, I had those, those three goals. Um, and then I was, for some reason, even after playing that well, I was still shocked that I got picked for round one. Um, I guess you just, when you first come in, you just think you're so far behind all the, all the rest of the guys. But, um, but yeah, it was awesome to play uh, round one. And then it was um, back when the sub rule was around. So you're sort of sitting there just sort of waiting to get you going on the ground. And um, yeah, it wasn't too long after we, I think we played Carlton and that was my first win and that was at the G and that was an awesome experience. So just, um, but you get, you sort of get to the swing of it pretty quickly, but I, always feel bad for kids who, you know obviously it's their first couple of games because I remember just how just overawed you are while like, I've never seen that many people in a stadium like when you're sitting in the stands it doesn't feel that big but when you're in the middle of the ground it feels like there's you know, 10,000 feels more like 100,000
2: yeah, yeah it feels like crazy. they're all, they're they're all, like all coming, like coming in on you raw, especially, yes. especially at the G pretty big uh, yeah Coliseum and makes a fair bit of noise even when there's not that many people there and obviously it's biggest stadium going around so
0: yeah yeah no for sure and I guess throughout that year you know you played 14 games A really you know positive start to your career I guess and did you have any sort of ambitions going to that first year was it sort of trying to play as many games as you could or any expectations um, and were you know at the end of the year looking back on that first season how did you sort of reflect on that um, I think my, my ambition
1: was just to play a game that was all all I wanted and then and then you get one game in and I guess that's what how you sort of end up becoming a professional footballer is you, once you get something that's not enough, you sort of want – you always constantly want more. So, yeah, um, I yeah, sort of got to the end of this season. I, I obviously played a fair chunk at the start of the year and then was a bit in and out of the side. Um, body started to break down a little bit. Um, so by the end of the year – and we didn't win much either, which sort of – I think um, – you know, when you're winning, it makes the season a lot more enjoyable. Uh, but obviously, we weren't going too well at that time. So by the end of the season, um, I was probably more hung up on the fact that, you know, we didn't have a great season rather than actually enjoying the fact that I got to play a lot of games in, in my first year, which doesn't usually happen for a lot of players. Yeah. Um, not- mixed emotions,
0: yeah, and I I always find it interesting when we talk to our guests. Obviously, if they grow up supporting a club, when they first sort of play that club and how they feel and the interactions, sort of even. Um, and how was that for you coming up against the Don's uh, the first time you you ever met them, or did did you if, meet them? yeah did you, you meet them that year?
1: Um, I don't reckon I played them until my second year, so I sort of yeah, right um, or maybe even no, nah, I think it was my second year, but it sort of. Once you play a few games and you spend a long time around a club, you sort of lose all that emotional attachment that you used to have. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't imagine it, like oh, going for the first and then again, it would just feel so strange yeah. um, just spend all this time around these people um and their supporters, and that just becomes you know your new family um or definitely more of a family than you know the club that you used to support that's for sure, yeah,
0: yeah, oh, sure,
2: yeah, and in that. In that first season, you did start a sub in, I think, almost half of those games. Did you find that role hard or was it just enjoyable coming on, being fresh? Because you don't know when you're going to come on. So you're, you're probably – you're either really nervous until you get on or you just sort it's of have relaxed. time to settle. And you it depends how you, different people feel about it. But it's it, it would be challenging in a way because you want to have an impact.
1: Yeah, I um... – there's obviously the benefit of it was probably um, I wasn't playing anywhere near as many minutes, so it was easy to play You know, a lot of games and not completely burn out. Um, the downside of it was it, it's really like I think the best part about playing four quarters of footy is you now you could go out there and you have a bit of a quiet first quarter or first half of the quarter. You come in, you just reset and you can go again. Uh, but you don't come on until the fourth quarter and – you're not on from the get go. Um and you haven't really got the feel of the game. Like you haven't really like you're watching it but you don't yeah, it's you different know. to being out there and knowing feeling where the ball's going, knowing, you know, who's getting a fair bit of it, where to run. You know, you don't really have enough time to work that out. So it's it's pretty hard. And I think maybe if you're an inside midfielder, it's pretty simple. But I think for a lot of other positions it's really hard, um really hard position to be in the sub. So um, obviously it's kind of back now the medical sub, but um, I guess it at least gives an extra person to go rather than just, you know, three and a sub. It's four and a medical.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah, I found it pretty hard.
0: Yeah. yeah and absolutely. I feel like it'd be I feel like it'd be pretty, you know, high pressure because that's sort of what the sub sort of what all the crowd and that's waiting to see come on and make an impact and, and, you know, sort of run really fresh when everyone else is sort of wearing out. So it's probably a, a bit of pressure in that respect that people are sort of looking for you almost to, to come in and just perform out of your skin almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a bit of a weird one. Like, yeah, like even the coaches be like, oh, I need you to come on and have an impact that, you know, say you're playing in the forward line, it might happen to a backman or a wingman. So if the ball's not coming to you, you can't really do much else about it, so yeah, you get to the end of the game, you're like, "Ah, well, that's it. All yeah. done. Well, yeah, I was just for about 20 minutes,
0: but: yeah. <laughs> makes it hard, it? No, sure. Um, you played for the indigenous All-Stars against West Coast in 2015, um, and obviously some of the game's greats in that as well. How proud was that moment to you know, represent your culture and you know, run around against some of those, some of those great players?
1: Yeah, it was um it was awesome so those uh, those camps are always were always great times. There's a lot of guys, uh, a lot of us know each other from before we get drafted. So um it's really good to catch up with each other. Um a lot of guys, you know, they're all related to each other. You got like the hills and the Jettas, um all related and then like the longs and the um, Riolis up north. So
0: yeah.
1: Um yeah, it is a bit of a get together, um, uh, which is nice and then to play together is a whole different story. And I think I think the coaches, I think the players really enjoy it because there's a bit of extra flair to it. The training sessions are always pretty electric as well. Yeah, I can um, imagine. it's a lot of uh, there's a lot of tricks and, and running and um, laughing at each other because we try and burn each other off, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think the coaches probably enjoy it the most. They just get to sit back and relax and um, just watch, let the guys go at it.
0: Watch the talent. Yeah, there'd be a few few people flying on top of each other in, in that training. I can imagine so. Few, few, A yeah. um, few mad leaps.
2: Yeah, plenty of X Factor out there. And you played with what? Uh, Goodsy? Did he? What he, play? uh, he played? I don't
1: yeah, he Yeah, Um Yeah, he played Shawnee and um, like Shane,
2: Edwards. Shane Edwards Shane. and yeah. Brad Hill and maybe Stephen Hill. Yeah,
1: yeah Stephen played. Um, yeah, Brad was flying. Brad's always good. He sort of makes the trip. He's like, He's an absolute firecracker. Like, doesn't shut up the whole time. Has, like, this real loud laugh. And then, like, at training, like, we'll be doing a handball drill, like, where you're supposed to, like, handball weave. And he just grabs the ball, tucks it under his arm, and just, like, looks right. in the ring. <laughs> no,
0: nah, that'd be a nightmare for me, imagine, I guess. Imagine the run. Oh, yeah. I've had enough running, even against solid fellas, like, probably a 13 year old Clary. So. you. Um, <laughs>
2: You were part of the grand final sprint, uh, sprint back in tw- well, 2015, uh, obviously on grand final day, pretty big occasion. Uh, that sort of highlighted your speed, I guess. Uh, How would that feel to come up against some pretty quick people and you got 100,000 there? Um, <laughs> yeah, a few people, watching.
0: Yeah, there's a few
1: people. You know what, it was um, to go out before the grand final on the ground, just like obviously I've been out in the G uh, a stack of times. Um, but to go out before the grand final is like a real awesome vibe to it. Like it just feels so different. So that was, that was something I really liked. Um, but uh, something that used to happen um, and I'll, I'll own up to it um, with this was the, so you do the heats before the, before the game. And then the finals at halftime. Yeah. And if you know yeah. you're not going to win it, like I knew I wasn't going to like win the whole thing. You sort of go to the heat uh, cause they give you a ticket and um and whatnot for the game you do the heat and if you're not in the top three um you don't have to go to the final obviously yeah. So you see a lot of guys that like in the heat they'll start looking around when there's about 20 meters to go and just start pulling up a little bit so they come fourth or fifth yeah, they, yeah, can watch you know. they can watch the game and have a few beers instead of coming back down at halftime so yeah. yeah that was that was me <laughs> yeah
0: no that's the go no that'd be pretty um Pretty solid. Bit of a tactical. You'd, you'd be seeing blokes the some lightning, lightning speed blokes that probably tip favourites. Don't even make the, make the Oh,
1: yeah. Like, yeah, if you look, if you look for the next year and you see like magic doors running it, like you just don't bother. Like, just gonna steam past you.
0: Yeah, Might as well have sink a couple and enjoy the granny.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and um, after a promising first few seasons, you had three separate hamstring injuries the following year. Um, how frustrating was that, you know, those sort of setbacks and, and not being able to put your case forward for more senior footy and keep sort of um, pursuing that and developing?
1: Yeah, the, um, getting injured, not, it's not too bad. Um, obviously, it's disappointing, but, you know, you, you can sort of rebuild um, rebuild up to it. I think the hardest thing is really like having multiple injuries in a row. Um, you know, my, my hamstrings were all like pretty high-grade hamstrings without having to have surgery. So they were each, um, you know, not, not your typical two weeks. They were all minimum eight to ten weeks before I could play. Um, so to spend, you know, eight to ten weeks, um, mind you, you, for, you can run after about one week. So you're like, getting absolutely smashed, almost doing like a mini pre-season um, to get ready to play again. And, you know, those times I only get, you know, one. You would get through all the training, do all these sprinting, um, sessions, so you should be ready to play. And then you know you get one or two games in, and happened again. And yeah, I ended up doing um, it was four in the one season. I um I did yeah three where I missed heaps of games, and then it was the uh, last game of the year. I did another one, so it was just like just a nightmare of a season.
2: Yeah, yeah. would have ate out a fair bit of the year, obviously, with that eight to ten weekers uh, that you said were sort of most of them. So it would have you might have got back quicker for some, and some might have taken longer, but Overall, would have missed a fair chunk in what was pretty important sort of stage in your career, I guess. After having a few good years, and Real you just foundation. want to you want to build on from that.
1: Yeah, it was a bit rough. It was just I had uh, my second year I had OP, which sort of took away a lot of speed, and then you know the next preseason I was I was obviously that was gone, which was good. So I was looking forward to that, but I think um, it sort of detrained my my hamstrings a lot, and yeah, it was it's hard to. Um, it's and then even if you do get injured, trying to come back when everyone's got an extra eight to 10 games under their belt compared to you, um, mm-hmm. makes it a bit difficult. So, yeah, that, that year is a bit of a write-off, um, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, after doing it, obviously, you know, three times or a couple of times, what sort of goes through the mind? Like you probably, it probably doesn't impact you necessarily. Like you probably get confident enough in your body after that, that many like weeks of hard training and that. But I guess when, when you, you know, run, and you feel the pull, what sort of goes through the mind? You, you, you've got, you know, another 10 weeks on the sidelines back to the drawing board, same again. Um, and, and it probably can be a pretty, you know, dark, lonely place at times. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's pretty,
1: it is pretty lonely. It's pretty um. It's pretty grim. I, I think the worst part about that year was the rest of the list was all really healthy. I think we had, uh, I think we had seven soft tissue injuries for the whole year, and four of them were me. So um, I was in rehab by myself for the, for most of the year. Um. So yeah, it was it was definitely lonely. And the hamstrings are you know they're a tough injury. They're not like a um. There's something that might build up, and you can tell it's getting sore. And you're like, oh, I should probably rest it a bit, or like, um, yeah. you can sort of tone it down a bit. It's just you, one minute you're sprinting, and just all of a sudden it just tears, and that's it. Like, you, it, it just, yeah. just feels like it comes out of nowhere. Um, so um, you're never really prepared for it, I don't think.
2: Yeah, there's no no um, so. warning for it.
0: You stretched off the field uh, with what looked to be you know was a pretty serious knee injury in twenty nineteen um towards the end sort of did you fear you like when you you know it's i guess it's never a good feeling for any player to to clutch at the knee and, and not know um sort of and that 's that fear of unknown did you fear it was an a c l and i guess when you what are the emotions like when you you know you're getting stretched off and you don't really know um i guess what the you know what the future sort of holds in that in that moment. Yeah, it was um,
1: it was a, another annoying, like pretty frustrating one. I, I had a really good pre-season that year. I felt like I was um, I was had one year left on my contract, so I um, and I was sort of getting to that age where I probably started to mature a bit more. Um, was pretty good with my stuff, outside of the um, outside training, uh, with food and diet and sleeping and stuff like that. But um, yeah, to get to the last uh, pre-season game, um, and I all I did was sort of jumped in the air and really misjudged how high I jumped. I didn't realize I'd gone so high. So I felt for the ground and then, um, yeah, land, like I'd already straightened my leg by the time I landed. So uh, what ended up happening is I hyperextended uh, my knee um, and then my uh, tibia uh, um, smashed with my femur so the bones cracked together. Yeah. And astonishingly, so your ACL runs through there. Um, realistically, that should have just ruptured. Um, but and it felt weird because I was in immense pain for about 60 seconds. And then all of a sudden, by the time the stretcher came out, I actually felt pretty stupid because I I couldn't, I didn't feel any more pain after that. Like I felt like I could have just got up and walked off. Um, yeah. So I was walking around the change rooms and, and then um yeah, Vines, Jack Viney. Oh no. So that was a different injury. I, then I drove up to Melbourne and got a quick scan. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was fine. The ACL was good, but, yeah, what was running through my mind was obviously, I was in the last year of my contract. Like, so if I was to miss the 12 months of the season, that was it. Like, there was no coming yeah. back. I don't think it was after, you know, injury riddled seasons. Um, so, the relief to know it was just a broken bone, um, which took about 10 weeks to come back from. Um, and then I, you know, I still got to play about half a season. Um, you know, in most cases, I would have been pretty flat, but I missed half a season. but... When I initially thought I was out for the year, um, and to find out that it was just a crack in the bone, I was um I was actually pretty relieved.
2: Yeah, yeah. It looked, it looked bloody nasty because if you hyperextend like that, you can rupture ACL, you can br- like break your leg, you can bone bre- a- anything can really happen, or you can get multiple things that happen that just pretty much see you out for a while. So that would have been Warrant, pretty yeah. scary at the at the time and ACLs it, I'm pretty sure not that I've done one or anything but immense pain for a couple minutes and then it might subside so it probably just felt exactly like that
1: yeah yeah I think that was probably the scary like I knew that was the case so that was probably my biggest concern was I was like um, the the way it sort of panned out just seemed like a perfect ACL injury and um, the, the doctor said I must have just or they when they were even tested then they just said I oh, have very flexible ACLs, which is in, in that case um, good. I'm not yeah. sure if it's generally very good for you, but um,
0: <laughs> nah. case, Yeah, fortunate in that one, but yeah. Yeah.
2: Since being uh delisted in twenty nineteen you've played for the University Boys Footy Club, is or has there or is there still a hope of playing AFL or you just want to play with your, your mates and your you kind of Done with that, and it's a bit more social side, uh, catching up on maybe what you might have missed. Being in an elite system with the sacrifices you have to make.
1: Yeah, it's um. Oh, there's obviously. I'd be like, I'd be kidding myself if I said there wasn't part to me that you know wish I was still playing. That you know, went to watch the guys play last year. Um, you wonder what if, like, what if things were a little bit different. But at the same time, I think um, you know, I try to remember when when I was finishing up. I was pretty mentally drained from it all. I spent it a pretty grueling for a couple of years of just constant injuries, I spent a lot of time in and out of the side. Um, and I think I was ready to go play footy where, you know, you've got your old volunteers that are, you know, the heart and soul of the club. Um, you've got you know, kids running around a little bit. Um, a lot of that real local sort of feel to it. Um, it's probably why I didn't decide to go to the VFL either. I just wanted to go you know, straight to the baffer and sort of remember what it was like to just play for the, you know, for the love of it. Um, But obviously the last two years have been, haven't been that great with the, um, with lockdowns and I spent a fair bit of last year injured again. Um, So uh, putting in a big pre-season at the moment to hopefully get a, you know, a full season in there and um, I can barely remember what it's like to play uh, footy at the moment just because it's been, you know, two years, off and then you know so on and off those years beforehand. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this year. But the dream of AFL, I think, um, I think a few too many kilos have have come my way that uh, <laughs> I don't have to feel it if I tried.
0: <laughs> I reckon um, just quietly, I can Connor stuck on a few kilo kilos as oh, well. So
1: have,
2: haven't we all haven't we all probably <laughs> yeah. put on a few? But yeah, like you said, with the with the footy with the injuries, how it feels like you haven't played for a few years. I think 2019. Uh, up here in Southwest Victoria, we played a full season and then 2020 didn't play at all. And then 2021, I played my first game back and I twisted my knee and I tore my meniscus. And then that was that was out. I was out for a little bit, but I didn't know what I didn't get a MRI straight away. I didn't know what had happened. So I just missed maybe four games, played out the season and it was a bit of a battle and I was meant and then I was gonna have surgery on it after the season, but it keeps getting postponed because it <laughs> he still hasn't had keeps it. getting postponed oh, really? I, Yeah, I haven't c I should have really probably got onto it, but I just um but with the not getting the M R I straight away I, and I didn't really want to miss too much footy. Like I didn't want to just play the one game after having a year off. Plus I didn't know what was actually wrong with me at the time. But then I, yeah. after the season I was meant to have Surgery. I don't have a queen out, and it, but it gets postponed because it's elective surgery, I guess. Even though, even though they said you have to, things just get maybe, postponed. Maybe
1: you're a bit tougher than me that, that you can actually play a season through an injury. And uh, but
2: it, yeah. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it, it obviously wasn't BFL or AFL. If I was BFL or AFL, oh geez, you wouldn't even wouldn't even be able to compete at all. You what, <laughs> no point going about it, Uh let alone when I if I was fully fit. So. Nah, it was okay to play just just twos, I guess. It probably put me back to the pack with a few of the bigger boys uh, with with the running. But nah, (laughs) it is what what it is. But yeah, the year year not playing footy, I think it was a very innocuous incident. The body just wasn't used to it and stuff like that. And it just twisted and did it.
0: it probably hasn't helped. Like, obviously, you mentioned your injury. It probably hasn't helped, you know, that. On off on off on off, and you can't really get any continuity. And it is like you probably see in all leagues around everywhere that like injuries have been a mo- lot more prevalent with um, the sort of lack of like consistency in you in being able to get out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, yeah, you, if you miss a couple of seasons, you you lose a lot of just training in that sort of area, um, and then obviously when you're doing like well, for us, we're playing local training twice a week um, and then you get to a game and just, I think it just shocks the system. So
0: um,
1: I think, uh, I think a lot of us could be in the same boat again this year. So um, that's why I'm hoping if I just get enough training sessions in or get the boots on and do some, some work in them, hopefully it's not, not too bad this year, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. There wouldn't be too many times people have gone, you know, almost two years off footy and then trying to, then trying to play again, which is basically what most of us will be in the same boat um, in Victoria.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, very rare. And I guess now, you know, what's life away from the game sort of involved for you? And I guess what are your goals or aspirations for the future? What have you sort of, um, you know, been up to, I guess, in, since in life post um, post AFL footy?
1: Um, I, I work in uh, construction, just working on like the, the project management side of things. Yep. Um, I started doing that. So when I broke my, my leg, i'd actually just out of chance decided to um like it just a week earlier than that signed up with a company to do like my day off there um just to sort of get a bit of a feel for it because i'd done um a couple of diplomas that sort of were going to work out pretty well doing that um so I sort of yeah just went from um that was a company called Wattpack and then I went to another company called Hazel when I finished up and was there for a couple of years um and then now I'm at a slightly smaller one called Balmain in Co. But yeah, I kind of, I like the building industry. It's, um, you know, you physically see stuff get built. Um, you got to work with a lot of people. Um, it's not as, it's not too corporate, which is good. Like it still has a nice yeah. sort of laid back feel to it. Um, social, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so you get a lot of, Know, good people um, that you come across. Um, some guys have been doing stuff for 20-odd years. So, yeah, that um, sort of takes up most of my time. Um, I think anybody who works in the industry knows that it can be a lot of hours. So, um, yeah, that's, I don't do much much else outside of that, except um, my weekends are probably full of golf. I picked that up after I finished playing. I was like, I need a new sport just to tick the mind over. And, um Bit addicted to it. I'm no good, but I play a shitload. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. You have a no, crack. You, yeah. You only get better if you, <laughs> if you like. play, but that's a pretty common common sport for current and uh past AFL players. Like, they pick up golf. I've never swung a club myself in PA. One time I had a crack and... Oh, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was a bit, a bit of a grubber. dug up a bit of turf and I copped an absolute ribbing from all the lads. So, haven't went back since.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've still got, I still got a couple of those in the round Chop up a bit of the grass. Um, it's expensive. I lose a few balls, so um, yeah,
2: few in the drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> plenty in the drink. There's, um, there's I play it at Q um, and there's a, there's one hole. Statistically, on my profile, it's my worst hole by a long shot, and there's water on both sides. So, oh, that's I sort of tough. Walk, I sort of walk up to it every time Knowing that, um. Got to the water. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. use a new ball on the
0: teeth. Yeah, yeah, no, you you might have to take a trip down to Port Ferry to the golf course here if you if you haven't been, it's not too bad down there. I think Fairfair oh, no. fair like um Gussie
2: Gussie Brayshaw gets out that way, I think, because James is Oh yeah, James. Uh, James, has James Brayshaw a house, is yeah. his uncle J.B. has a <clears> has a place out there, and I think Angus was there uh in the last month or two and Oh Gary Rowan Gary Rowan's uh I think got a place down there as well. I saw him at the just at the local caravan park one time just in the torts and had a bit of a chat with him, which was a <laughs> bizarre situation. But I was like, Hey, oh I was like, Gary, is that Gary Rowan? Is that you, mate? And then he's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then we just had it had a bit of a yarn, so it's amazing the people you see, but plenty of people
1: get down that way. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to make the trek sometime.
0: Yeah, no, we'll have, to, we'll have to come down. But although oh, I will warn you, the um, not that I've been to the golf thing, but she's right on the beach, so she's got some wind there. She's tough to uh-huh. tough to <laughs> tough to steer, but it's very scenic. Very scenic conditions. Very scenic. Though, so. <laughs> I feel
1: like way I hear them, I'm going to see plenty of the course and a lot of the water. So, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: nah, <see you> <laughs> Um And obviously, you spoke about watching the D's um, last year and and everything they sort of achieved. Uh, how did you, you know? Um, going throughout the year, I mean, it's obviously been at long last for all G supporters and players, ex-players, people that are involved with the club. Um, how was that for you watching? Lots of blokes you'd probably still be quite close with. Um, you know, achieve the ultimate goal.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was awesome to watch the game. Obviously, it sort of I didn't know how we were going to go. Sort of in that third quarter, and Bond kicked that goal, and, but then the boys just went absolutely bananas. So okay. um, it, it was just party time in the last quarter. So there was no nerves going into the final siren. It was, um, yeah, it was great. I just absolutely loved it. Like the, I think mean, that team's, you know, they've had the right game plan for a while now. Um, they've had the right, you know, the right cattle to to play well. Um, and then this year it sort of just all came together. And I think a, a bit of a bit of youth really helped that with, you know, with Jackson and Cosy and Trent Rivers, those type of guys yeah. so oh, that team's going to be um they're going to be pretty formidable for you know, you'd think at least four to five years going through now yeah
2: they've yeah. got they've got great <laughs> ages of players like the going yeah, through their side through they had
0: a lot of so many blokes a, a lot of mid-20s that, that are coming
2: of. into the their prime and like young fellas like Cosy Pickett Trent Rivers and they've got obviously plenty of time left and they're already contributing quite yeah. a bit so it's pretty yeah pretty exciting and we're Richmond supporters, so once we realized Tigers, were out, our we, fun, we, yeah we got on the ds yeah and we've we've had our fun obviously one won a few flags, but we got on the ds as soon as um as soon as the Tykes were no chance, and I think a lot of people did just because yeah. obviously the obviously the drought, but yeah, that third quarter after that was unbelievable we were just at the at the pub, and yeah when the bond kicked the goal, we thought oh maybe it was just a bit too much to do in the year, but then since since then, that was remarkable. And every final, they just dominated, really.
1: Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was insane. Just how they just wiped the floor with some of those teams. So, obviously, obviously um, it sort of gets... Because it obviously went so long. Like, Obviously, Melbourne are always known for sort of... I guess there's like this uh, theory that they just cock things up a bit. Like, they just managed to, you know, not get stuff done. So, I think to go through a final series and sort of get that um, hoodoo off their back I think um, it would be a huge weight off the shoulders of the club and they'll probably sort of charge on with it
0: and well I was just going to say with obviously Melbourne one of the actually more senior players Tom McDonald we actually had him on a while back um, and had a chat to him it was interesting talking to him about the way the sort of like since he's been at the club that each year's sort of even though it hasn't been the results that, like, for a long period of that that they were after, he said each year it was interesting to hear how it sort of felt like it was going in the right direction and it was slowly starting to form that it was could be a really good side. And I guess, did you feel that a bit while you were there and, and towards, you know, as you sort of went through that it was on the right track?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was obviously, Tom um, started just a little bit before me um, and then I started with Ruzi. And I reckon he would have felt things were getting pretty good just from Roosie starting. Um, and then by the time Goody came over, you know, we had a full game, like a really good game plan. Like we'd sit there and Tom would probably say the same thing. Is like, we all knew that game plan was going to win a lot of games, but it was just hard to get it right. Like it took time and you had to, have, you know, it took every, you needed 22 good players to pull it off. Um, yeah, and then obviously there was that run, I think maybe twenty eighteen where we you know we went to the finals and I think that really sort of we felt it. Yeah. Um and even, you know, 2019 it, we had a bit of a not a great year, had a lot of injuries and whatnot, but it's still yeah, I would definitely attested the same thing that it definitely felt like we were destined to be a great club. Um and that um eventually it would turn. Um and I think over the years that just you know the right people have kept Coming to the club, um, and they, you know people play with the right attitude. You know it's good to have. You watch that midfield. You know Gorni's, you know, really selfless. Um, Clayton and Christian, they couldn't really care less. Out of the two of them, who gets centre clearances? Yeah. They just you know whoever's got the tagged, and the other boat gets the ball. So um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be good to watch again for sure.
0: Yeah, no, sure. It's really exciting to, to watch them go about. And I, I had one more thing. Um, steering away from footy, I guess a bit. Oh, you could uh, in I guess um, take this into footy as well. But when thinking about you know some of your mentors over the journey and, and people that have had great impact on not only your footy career but your life and, and you as a person. Um, obviously your mum probably comes to mind a bit, and I've heard you talk about her a few times. I guess could you tell us a bit about her impact on you? Um, you just in normal life as well as, um, you know, backing you in, in sport as well?
1: Yeah, mum, uh, mum's mum been really good. She, so obviously, um, she ended up being, her dad sort of split up when I was about two. So, grew up with just mum and my sister, because my older brother and sisters were all a lot older. Yeah. Um, so, and mum was, like, she was pretty strict. But where we grew up, it was probably good that she was a bit strict and sort of, they set us um, in our ways and, you know, sort of I was more worried about footy in school um, than I was, you know, doing anything else because of you know, sort of that impact mum had on me. Um, and then you know, she she obviously got me to Trinity and that's, you know, where I then on, you know, no. at the McDonald's. And, you know, so she sort of did did everything she could to put me on the right path from from where we were, um, which, you know, is not all parents – not all parents do so. Um, definitely, really thankful for that. Um, and uh, yeah, still see her, still see her, and speak to her. Um, and she's a yeah, she's a funny character. So it's um, yeah, good to see her. Um, but yeah, it's I think when you get older and you realise, um, I think when you get older and you start to uh, do stuff on your own, you realise just how good your parents can be and how much influence they have on you know setting you up for you, for your life.
0: Yeah, and I was looking inside the, you know, the four walls so to speak. Um, was there any sort of people within the footy club um, at the D's or or even your junior club and, and coaches that sort of had a real mentor or um, impact on the way you sort of played your footy and um, and, and I guess through your football uh, journey. Uh, yeah, big ones. I think I
1: think obviously the the obvious ones were the, the McDonalds and um, the Billings family. I spent a lot of time around them. Yeah. Um, and obviously, when I got to the AFL ranks, the big one for me was Neville Jetta. Um, he when I got drafted, he'd actually just got delisted, um, and then picked up as a rookie. Yeah. And then that's when he moved down back and sort of became that you know, the famous backman that you know was almost an old Australian at one point. Um, and he was you know, really pretty quiet guy at times, but like you know, really driven, really hard. Um, you know, when I was, when I was playing my juniors. Um, I didn't wasn't a massive inside ball winner. Um and I was uh, I was pretty I was probably I think it happens maybe just playing juniors um and you're worried about just playing well. I was more worried about myself than the team. So I think over the you know, over the six years that I was at Melbourne, I was probably two completely different players by the by the end had gone from someone who was a bit more outside and just, you know, was worried about myself to someone who was more worried about the team and all the younger guys when I finished up. So um, that was probably something I was really proud of is that 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 was sort of the reputation I left with and the big influence on that was was Neville, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And yeah, to have someone like that who's, you know, seen it all before, uh, been around the, the AFL professional environment for so long and can help and mentor those sort of guys coming through is, yeah, so important for club culture as well. Um, so yeah that's um, no surprise that he was you know such a big impact on you but um, no that's awesome and I reckon that's probably sort of everything we have for you Jay um, we can't thank you enough for obviously coming on having a chat it's been uh, it's been great and um, and yeah we'll keep an eye on you in the future and um, yeah all the best for everything that it brings.
1: Uh, thanks guys it's uh, no good to jump on good to, uh, to look back on some uh, some old memories and I'll um, I'll keep you in mind Next time I'm down at Port Ferry I'll swing the golf clubs Hopefully